Well, good evening, church. Oh, I'm so happy to see y'all. This, oh, thank you. <laughs> nice to be seen. Um, and thank you for that wonderful introduction, Pastor Misty. I really appreciate that. I, one of the most favorite things that I get to do is I get to be the executive director of one of the best churches in the entire world. And uh, yeah. And uh, I, I get to serve under some two awesome leaders, Pastor and Pastor Missy. Let's give them a hand. because You don't know, the church will be 24 years old this year, and uh, my wife and I have been here for just about all of it, and it just gets gooder and gooder. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. My name is Leon Barber. As Pastor Misty just said, I am the executive director here at Harvest Church. I want to welcome you to our fourth Wednesday of the month, and we've been on a series that Derek and Meredith have started, and thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, and, and we're going to be continuing our discipleship series on becoming a contagious Christian. So let's pray. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the word that will go forth this evening. And Father, I would just ask you, as I've asked you already, that the word be impactful and meaningful to all those who are listening, just like if these words have impacted me. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you in advance. Lives will be changed. Opinions will be changed. Minds will be open on how and why we should all be focused on becoming contagious Christians. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it occurred to me while I was preparing for this lesson that a lot of times when you hear the word contagious, it has a very negative connotation. Would you all agree with that? Especially today. Uh, we typically think of someone who's infected with something that could easily be passed on to others and something that we definitely do not want. Um, and with all that's been happening in the world, I, I'm not surprised that that's your reaction to that, word, to that word as well. But tonight, with the help of the Lord Jesus, our Father God and the Holy Spirit, we're going to turn that around. Think about this. If we are filled with the love of God, wouldn't we want those around us to catch that? If we are filled with God's mercy, God's grace, wouldn't we want those around us to catch that? How about if we are filled with the God kind of faith? Wouldn't we want everybody around us to catch that? How about if we're filled with the peace of God, you know, what the Bible calls that peace which passes all understanding. If we are filled with that, wouldn't we want those around us to catch that? If we are filled with the Word of God, how much would we appreciate other people around us catching that? That's what we're going to talk about it tonight, and we're going to talk about a few things about being a contagious Christian. And uh, how many of you have ever heard the term patient zero? Yeah, in movies, right? <laughs> it refers to, I'm going to read you the definition, that term is used to refer to the person identified as the first carrier of a communicable disease in an outbreak of related cases. The first person. Now keep that in mind. I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. Luke 19.10, the Passion Translation, says this. The Son of Man has come, talking about Jesus, the Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. 
Listen to me now. Jesus was the first person identified as the carrier of this good news. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, in the easy-to-read verse. You know, I, I love anything that has the word easy in it. I'm automatically love it. The easy-to-read version. And Paul wrote this. He says, follow my example just as I follow the example of Christ. Why did he say that? I believe because he wanted folks to catch what he himself caught from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because Paul knew that if he could get folks to imitate him, to catch what he caught, their lives on this planet and beyond, because we're all going to spend eternity somewhere, amen? Our lives on this planet and throughout eternity will forever be changed. Listen, folks, Jesus was the first carrier of all that is good, all that is God, all that is life-giving. And listen to this. I could, the next statement, I could end this entire, I, we could all go home early, but I'm not going to do that because I guess got a few more notes. But listen to this. In order to truly be a contagious Christian, we just need to be more like Jesus. You know, I heard Pastor talked about on this past Sunday, I believe, you mentioned don't fall into that comparison trap. Uh, Kurt teaches on that as well. But there is one person in the universe that you probably may, you may want to think about comparing yourself to every day, and that is Jesus. Because if you compare yourself to Jesus, you're always going to be improving because you're never going to get there. Amen? I threw that one in for free. Next one's going to cost you. All right. So let's talk about this tonight. Let's think about this. Number one, three questions. We're going to answer three questions. What does it really mean to be a contagious Christian? Why would we want to become a contagious Christian? And how do we develop the attributes, the attributes necessary to become a contagious Christian? Question number one, what does it mean to be a contagious Christian? It means doing what we need to do to develop our own way of evangelizing. <laughs> I used to be so afraid of that word evangelize. Pastor would talk about, man, we're going to go out and evangelize. And I was like, my knees will start knocking, literally. Because back when we were at the old church, we used to take flyers out. On, my wife, remember, she was great at it. Oh, man. The reason why I was afraid of it, because obviously it meant somewhere along the line, I was going to have to talk to people. And I'd be honest with you, that just was not my thing. But as time went on, God showed me that what I was really doing was I was being selfish. And that I needed to learn how to share my life with other folks. Listen, we don't have to be extroverts. We don't have to pretend to be someone that we're not. All we have to do is, just like Pastor says, is be comfortable in our own skin. Our lives could be such an example to people that our very lives, without saying a word, can evangelize to people. Being a contagious Christian also means being relatable. I got some people I work with, and they, they ain't, yes, I said ain't, they, they, they are not relatable at all. I mean, zero. So I work in a high-tech industry, I project management, information technology, a lot of engineers, a lot of people got more degrees than Fahrenheit. Um, I mean, some really smart people, but they're not relatable, a lot of them. 
The ones who are really successful combine that incredible knowledge with incredible people skills, those folks are phenomenal. But being a contagious Christian, one of the requirements is we got to be relatable. We got to be able to get along with people. Another thing, being a contagious Christian means being friendly. Let me see y'all smile. Where's Robert Spade? Is Robert Spade in here? Where is he? He's outside. Okay. We used to, we used to, we used to get Robert Spain up here and say, Robert, we're going we're to teach ushers how to smile today. Just stand here and smile. <laughs> Seriously. He has the best smile. Being a contagious Christian means being friendly. So what's an easy way to be friendly? I'm, I'm <laughs> That's one way. But here's an even easier way. Have the love of God in your heart toward everyone. Listen to what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. If you, every time I get up here, I wind up repeating the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7 in the Amplified. If you have these scriptures in your heart, you'll be relatable and you'll be friendly. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious nor boils, boils over with jealousy. Love is not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. Love is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Love is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It paid love. Listen, love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. That was such a hard lesson for me because the, the, where I came from growing up, several years in the military, man, if you just looked at me wrong, it was like, it was on. But now I have such freedom because you know what? Nobody, just like pastor says, nobody can make me have a bad day. <laughs> nobody. They can try. <laughs> they get really frustrated trying. People tell me all the time, I don't understand why, 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 how come you're not upset? They just called you out, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know, let me ask you a question. In the natural, what is up, me getting upset going to do? Then two of them will both be upset and what we're going to accomplish. And I said, secondly, um, I'm just not, I just don't get upset, you know. I just don't pay any attention to it. Verse 6, love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. And I submit to you that developing this type of love in our heart for everyone will make us contagious Christians, and folks will listen to you. Listen to me. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can, again, have all the degrees, all the knowledge in the world, but when people know that you care, that you sincerely love them, even a perfect stranger, they will listen to you. They'll come ask you questions. That's part of being a contagious Christian. Are y'all with me? Yeah. All right. What did I just do? <laughs> okay. Joseph, come help me. <laughs> I got this thing just popped up. Okay. 
Oh, there we go. Thank you, Joseph. Let's give Joseph a hand. I learned that from Pastor, by the way. I said, if you get in trouble, just call Joseph. Being a contagious Christian means doing what we need to do to develop godly character. Why? Why is godly character so important? Listen, if I were a liar, why would you believe anything I say? You wouldn't know if I were, when I was telling the truth or when I was lying, amen? If I did things that God would not approve of, how does that help the unbeliever? That God wants me to lead to him through his son Jesus. <laughs> I am not saying that we need to be perfect, not by a long shot. None of us are. But if we truly want to get folks' attention and attract the loss to us, we need, particularly in this day and age, we need to develop godly character. In Romans chapter 5, verse 4, it says this, And endurance, fortitude, develops maturity of character, approved faith, and tried integrity. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Being a contagious Christian means learning how to share biblical truths in everyday language. We don't need to impress people with our great knowledge of the, uh, of, of the word, our tremendous understanding, our tremendous understanding of the depth of the, and the heights of the word of God. No. <laughs> Here's the ideal scenario. We're living a life that's pleasing to God. We're being blessed, and we're overcoming challenges and issue when they arise. Because Jesus told us, trouble's going to come. But he said, fear not, for I have overcome the world. So we're living our life pleasing to God. We're being blessed. We're overcoming challenges and issues when they arise. And we're doing all this with a great and humble attitude. People will notice this. People you, that you don't even know are watching you, and they're noticing this. And when, when things start happening to them, you're going to get a phone call, or somebody's going to stop you in the hallway, and they're going to say, could you pray for me? Yeah. Or they're going to ask you questions like, how did you manage to stay so calm in the face of what you just went through? Yeah. Then all you have to do is tell them, this is what my God did for me. This is the scriptures that I leaned on, that I stood on during that, that period of time. And then, because they're so open, then that's when you, you invite them to church. And if God leads you, you invite them to receive the Lord, whatever God would have you do. Amen? Question number two, why would we want to become a contagious Christian? Because eternity is at stake. Luke 19.10 the Son of Man came to find lost people and to save them. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. So he, Jesus, came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. So go and make followers of all the people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have told you to do. You can be sure that I will be with you always, and I will continue with you until the end of time. Folks, heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. And eternity is a long time. All of humanity is going to spend eternity somewhere. 
No exceptions. Nobody gets to escape eternity. The question is, where will that, where, where will that person that you were not very kind to, where will they wind up? The person that you had the opportunity to lead to the Lord, but yeah, maybe you were just, we were just a little too busy that day. Where are they going to wind up? Eternity is a long time. God wants every person, every human being, ever born or will be born, to be with him in heaven. Us being contagious Christians, being filled with godly character, being filled with the love of God, developing these characteristics is just going to attract people. And even if you don't have the opportunity yourself to lead them to God, you are planting seeds in their life that will get watered somewhere else down the road. Amen? Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. So listen, if God puts us in the path of someone who is close to eternity, they need to hear about Jesus in order for them to even have a chance of going to heaven. Pastors always talking about there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. And that we must always live our lives with one eye on eternity. And we must be sensitive through the spirit of God that's in us to our world. So when we're on the phone, running into people, supermarket, wherever it may be. Because, folks, it's a lost and dying world out there. And people are hurting. But I look around this room and I see God's people. How many people could just, just us, how many, how many lives could we affect? just by living godly lives. Why would we want to become a contagious Christian? Because we might be the only person that the person who is closest to eternity may come in contact with before they leave this life. I was sitting in my, uh, I get up real early in the morning, I spend time with the Lord, and I was sitting there, and God gave me that statement, and man, it was, uh, it was, um, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Leon, you could be the only Christian that a person is really close to leaving this place now. Question number three. How do we develop the attributes necessary to becoming a contagious Christian? First, recognize there is only one you in the universe. You don't have to be anybody else. I'm going to quote Pastor again. Just be comfortable in your own skin. Here's the deal, though. With the help of our Heavenly Father, with the help of the Holy Spirit, He will help us become the best person that we can be. He can help us to become the best friend, the best daughter or son, the best husband or wife, the best mother or father, the best you. Next, we need to discover our own style of communicating about Christ by first striving to let our lives be pleasing to God. I can't tell you the time that my wife and I have been together and we'll just be in the supermarket, dry cleaners, and uh, people will say, Man, it's just 
something about y'all. Or I've, I've heard this more than once, pastor, people say, are you a pastor? I'll no, no, no. I serve a pastor. I've got a pastor. But uh, man, it's just something about you. I said, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know why? And I'm not bragging on myself. This is true for, it's true for pastors. It's true for bishops. It's true for a lot of folks in this room because we strive to let our lives be pleasing to God. Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, talking to the church, that you may walk, live, and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work, and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insight, acquaintance, and recognition. Living our lives like this will open doors and lines of communication with people who do not know him. Also, a lot of times, as I mentioned earlier, our lives will speak volumes to folks, much more so than our words. We've all been around people, they just love to talk. I mean, I've, I've, been, in, I've, I've been on the other end of conversation when people, this one guy, man, he talked for an hour, but I, honest to God, I, I couldn't remember one word he said. <laughs> but there are people in my life that they don't have to say six words to me, but the way that they live their life is so impactful. I heard this said a long time ago, what you do speaks so loudly that what you say, I can't hear. Now, I've been on this planet long enough to separate the real folks from the pretenders, amen? And when I'm around pretenders, I don't get offensive, not like I used to do back in the ancient history. But what I don't do is I don't take any lessons from them. I don't learn anything from those people. What you do speaks so loudly that what you say, I can't hear. Another thing we need to do to develop the attributes necessary to become a contagious Christian is, this is huge. We have to build spiritually significant relationships with people who don't just talk to talk, they walk the walk. They don't just quote scripture, they live scripture. I do not have time to tell you how much my wife's and our relationship with our pastors mean to us. I don't have time to tell you how much it's changed us, how much it's changed our family, how much this relationship has brought peace and comfort and strength to us. We have a spiritually significant relationship with them. And um, it has made a tremendous difference in our life. They have an even more spiritually significant relationship with Bishop and Lady Joy Hash, their pastors. And so you might be asking right now, well, what exactly does that have to do with becoming a contagious Christian? Well, you want relationships with folks who can pour good, godly things into you, right? And as time goes on and you mature in those things that which have been poured into you, it will help make us more of the kind of person that a lost person will seek out for help 
because of, of the God that's in you that is drawing them. But part of the input that we get is from developing relationships like that. Another thing we need to learn is how to direct conversation towards matters of faith. And at the same time, remembering that the person we're speaking with, because we're talking about the lost here, we're talking about being contagious Christians, we're talking about attracting people who don't know God right now. We're, 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 so what we want to do is we want to remember that the person we're speaking with who are not familiar with the things of God, we don't want to be churchy with them. And <laughs> we don't want to preach at them. Well, you know, no, <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> that is not going to win them to the Lord. Listen, what, listen, I, I mean, Apostle Paul is one of my all-time heroes. This guy, if he was alive today, before he found Jesus, he was literally a terrorist. He was going to people's homes, yanking them out their home, arresting them, killing them, or standing by where they're being killed, the dude was a terrorist. He would have been put in federal penitentiary. But God. Listen to what he wrote. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. For although I am free in every way from anyone's control, I have made myself a bondservant to everyone, so that I might gain the more for Christ. To the Jews, I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews. To men under the law, I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those without or outside of the law, I became as one without the law. Not that I am without the law of God and lawless towards him, but that I am especially keeping within and committed to the law of Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, or wanting in discernment, I have become weak, wanting in discernment, that I might win the weak and overscrupulous. I have, in short, become all things to all men, that I might by all means, at all costs, and in any and every way, save some, by winning them the faith in Jesus Christ. And I do this for the sake of the good news, the gospel, in order that I may become a participator in it, and sharing its blessings along with you. Man, Paul said, whatever I have to do, I'm going to be true to God, but whatever I have to do, whatever I have to say, however I have to say it to get this person saved, that's what I'm going to do because that's how important it is. We need to be ready to tell our own story of how we came to know Jesus and was saved. <laughs> but when we do that, Let's not give them our entire life story. <laughs> that might take three days. No. For instance, if someone on our jobs makes known to us that they haven't been feeling well or they're scheduled for a surgical procedure, we don't come out with guns blazing and start speaking in tongues and with a lesson on healing and faith and give them a ton of scriptures. You, you might get hung up on. Instead, this is what I've done. I'll just take a soft step and I'll say, hey, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And some people say, nah, I'm really not interested. Okay. I tried, right? Other people said, oh, would you please pray for me? Please. 
and I pray for them, and then they start asking me questions. Where did you, how did you learn to do that? Take a soft step. See how the Holy Spirit leads you. Sometimes an example like that, we just might be planting a seed, as I mentioned before, that'll get watered later. But the key thing is that we, we did not do or say anything that would close their heart to receiving what God has for them. You know, after Jesus was resurrected and returned to heaven and the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter and John were arrested by the religious authorities for speaking the name of Jesus and healing a man who was crippled. After much discussion, the authorities, that tickles me, <laughs> the authorities, they made a decision. And let's pick up the rest of the story in Acts chapter 4, verse 15 to 20. But having ordered the prisoners, Peter and John, to go aside out of the council chamber, they conferred and debated among themselves, saying, what are we to do with these men? For that an extraordinary miracle has been performed by and through them is plain to all the residents of Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. But in order that it may not spread further among the people in the nation, let us warn and forbid them, them being Peter and John, with a stern threat to speak, not to speak anymore to anyone in this name or about this person, and then they were referring to Jesus. So they summoned them, Peter and John, and this is an amplified imperatively. I had to look that word up. In other words, as if they were the final authority on the matter. They imperatively instructed them not to converse in any way or teach at all in or about the name of Jesus. So Peter and John, they said, yes, sir. That's what we're going to do. We're never going to mention the word Jesus again. Yes, sir. Thank you. Nah. That's not what they did. Listen to what they did. Verse 19. But Peter and John replied to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves cannot help but telling what we have seen and what we have heard. Those guys had guts, man. They knew they could have been killed immediately. They didn't care. They were going to preach the name of Jesus regardless. And when we're given the opportunity to do so, all we need to do is say what we have heard from the Word of God and what we have seen Him do in our own lives. That's all we need to do. We don't have to make stuff up. We don't have to exaggerate. We just say, hey, listen, I, 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 totally, I totally get where you're coming from. I've had similar things happen to me, similar things happen to my loved ones. Let me tell you how we handle it. So, recap. What does it really mean to be a contagious Christian? We're always keeping one eye on eternity. We're staying sensitive to opportunities to share our testimony. We're being relatable and friendly, treating people with the same love that God continues to show to us. We develop godly character, becoming a light in a world that is growing darker. Do you know, I love this example, pastor says, and it does, it's true. If you turn on all the lights in here, it gets extremely dark. And if you don't have a little flashlight, you will stumble over something or hurt yourself. One little light, the darker it gets, the more effective the light is, even if it's a small light. 
developing godly character and becoming a light in a world that's growing darker, learning to share biblical truths in everyday language, not Christianese, not preachy, not churchy, everyday language, being yourself. Why would we want to become a contagious Christian? Because eternity is at stake, and we really do not want anyone to go to hell. We can't even imagine how, how terrible that place is. It wasn't designed for human beings. It was designed for the devil and his, the folks that he hangs out with. <laughs> we want to become a contagious Christian because that is our part in fulfilling the great commission that Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28, go and make followers of all the people in the world. And the last question, how do we develop attributes necessary to becoming a contagious Christian? Be you. Don't try to be anybody else. We should live lives pleasing to God. We should build spiritually significant relationships. And we need to learn how to direct conversation toward matters of faith, not how the world sees things, but how God sees things. Finally, we need to be ready to tell our story simply of what God has done for us. Amen? Well, Father, I just... Uh, I just want to thank you because this lesson has meant an incredible amount to me, and I pray, Father, that it has meant a lot to other people as well. And so, Father, we thank you for the word that went forth this evening. We thank you, Father, for your love, for your grace, and your mercy, your kindness. Thank you, God, for such a wonderful church that we get to be a part in. And Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for all the great things that you're doing, the greater things that are yet to come, and the greatest things that are in our future. In Jesus' name, amen.